Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. I'm super excited to be here talking with my friend, Veronica Nikki. Uh, fielding from Digital Brand Expressions. So uh, we'll call you Nikki because that's what you like to go by and that's what's in your email signature. Um, thank you so much for spending time with me today. It's so great to see you. It's been a while. Um, give us kind of your your quick intro, who you are and all about your amazing agency that you've been building. Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me here, Steve. Um, the agency that I founded and run is called Digital Brand Expressions or DBE for short. And we focus on search engine and social media marketing, paid and organic, for primarily middle market companies and larger that are already doing paid search, paid social, SEO. They come to us because they either have a problem that their current resources can't seem to fix, or they're being proactive and they suspect they can do better, and they bring us into um, work our, work through our process and then show them where they can be having more successes. And if things are aligned, we can also stay and become the agency that makes that happen for them on a regular basis. So come in, Bob the Builder, we can fix it. Yes, we can. And you fix things and then they fall in love with you and they say, well, we can't, can't go without you. So they keep you around longer. Um, you're super selective in, in the clients you work with. And yeah, that's very intentional, right? We are. That's part of the um, I, I overhauled the agency about five years ago. I took a step back and really looked at what was working, what wasn't working, how to fix what wasn't working, did mm -hmm. a complete and thorough investigation and recast the business. And one of the things was we needed to be more selective about the clients. And I needed as the person who does the business development, I needed to learn how to say no, thank you and stick to it when I knew it yeah. wasn't worth it. So the the transformation five years ago, what were what were like the indicators leading up to that that you were not aware of? Maybe you were like just down in the weeds, and then one day you popped up and like, what the heck's going on? What were some of those indicators for you? No, it was just it was more of a progressive sense that things just weren't good financially. The business has always been successful. Thankfully, mm -hmm. that wasn't the issue. But it was more that when I set out to build the agency, my dream was to build a place where digital marketers would come as employees, they would potentiate, they would bring their best selves, that would attract great clients, that would in turn attract great talent. I really pictured it as a self-fulfilling kind of thing. And what was happening in the, um, the, the mid-teens of, you know, it's like 2013 to about 2017, 18. Um, and it started slowly. It wasn't overnight, but I, I just wasn't attracting the right team. Or when I had the right team, people would leave. And I felt like I was doing everything, you know, talk to consultants, you read, you, you know, you talk to other agency owners, you're like, I'm doing all that. I'm doing all that. Um, and then with the clients, um, you know, we had some awesome clients. But we also had some clients that were incredibly difficult. And at first I thought, well, 
You know, this is what other agencies complain about. Some clients are just going to be difficult. But then I realized that that was what was causing the problems. The, the clients weren't the ideal clients, and they were frustrating really good talent. And then the talent was leaving, and then it was just harder and harder to replace good talent with good talent, especially when the sense is, oh, you know, they have some really difficult clients. You don't want to work there. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I was just, you know, by 2018, I was literally devastated. And I was mm -hmm. thinking about closing the business because I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was wrong and where to fix it. And then I just started talking to some really smart agency consultants and they said, maybe you need to carve out some time and really challenge everything. And so on their advice, that's what I did. And for three months, every morning, I would not sit down at my desk. I would sit down someplace else and I would have a topic that I would look at. And I looked at everything from, oh, the agency was always a retainer-based agency. And whenever I had consultants in, they would say, oh my gosh, all your business is retainer. That's awesome. So that was one of the first things I looked at is, does it need to be? Is that really how business needs to run now? Is that the best model for us? So I looked at every single aspect of the business. When something was working well, I asked myself why and was that sustainable? And I looked at the things that weren't working, like employee turnover just broke my heart because I always try to be mm -hmm. the leader that I always wanted. And, you know, that was just really tough. Personally, that was very hard for me. Um, and also losing clients that were good clients, but the team wasn't gelling. So I looked mm -hmm. at everything. I looked at what I was doing wrong first, you know, as the leader, what wasn't working, what did people need, what did clients need from me, and where was I falling short? And then I just basically overhauled the whole agency so that our business model was no longer retainer. It's five distinct processes or projects. Each project, we, do, we get paid for everything. So, you know, we, we were talking earlier about um, how to win without pitching manifesto by Brian Enns. Um, you know, I took many pages from that book and said, mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, we're doing great work. We're consultants. Why would we not get paid every So I made sure that everything that we did had a deliverable that added value for the client, yep. but we get paid for everything. So we're not just jumping in and being the retainer agency and learning about the client and how to work with them and their business. We're doing everything in steps. And then each step, like I said, there's a valuable deliverable. And it's also giving the client the opportunity to see how we work and see if we gel with them. And by the same token, my team is able to weigh in and say, hey, this is going great. These are super people. We love supporting them and what they're doing. Or sometimes it's like, hey, Nikki, we need to talk. We weren't expecting X, Y, Z. Yeah. So so you did this deep dive inventory three months every day, mm -hmm. came away with a blueprint of this is what works and why. And this mm -hmm. is what doesn't work with the with the stuff that didn't work. Were you digging into like resources of how, what can I what's the opposite of that or how, how do I flip that or what could we be doing different? Were you bring your team into it or were you flying solo with this kind of fix? I, I, I mostly was flying solo. And okay. then once I had a better handle on what I thought needed to happen, I started to bring in various team members for their areas of the, the puzzle, so to speak. I and so for I, reference, how, how big is how big was your team around this time um, five years ago? I think that was probably when we were 18 people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And coming out of that, through that transformation, 
what was the attrition or pull through of clients and and drop off or pull through of employees? Well, one of the changes that I made, so back then it was 18 full-time employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then one of the changes I made was to keep the core team as full-time employees. So strategy, client relationship management, and the people who head the people who do the services, the hands-on work. Mm-hmm. Leaders. Then <laughs> one of the things I did was start to bring in contractors who are specialists in a specific thing. So if we had paid search contractors, that's what they did. They didn't do paid social. They didn't do website development. They did paid search. Mm-hmm. And all across the board, technical SEO, the person or people who are doing that, they're the bomb. They, this is what they know inside out and sideways, but they don't know paid search. And that's okay. They don't need to. So rather right. than hiring and looking for generalists, I started looking for specialists, but but keeping the people in-house. And we've actually, over time, we've also reorganized so that we are more specialized. At first, I would have somebody who would head digital services and somebody who would head client services. Actually, the person who was heading paid channels said, you know what, this isn't, this is redundant and you're not going to keep finding as the world is changing. You're not going to find client services people who can do SEO and paid right. search and explain it to clients. We really need vertical teams on that that work together internally. And so, you know, that wasn't my original game plan, but I have somebody smart working for me who said, you know, this is a better way to go. And he was right. Love that. Yeah. So so you got internal team of what, five now, six now? And yeah, they... we have six people now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then, each person and then... manages their own department of external specialists. Right, exactly. And then yeah. we've got, you know, at any given time, six to 10 more specialists working with us. So one of the other big transformations that you under, under, I struggle with this word, undertook, instead mm-hmm. of underwent, maybe they're both words, I'll have to look it up. Uh, you're now fully remote, right? You, you, you guys had a an office in, in Plainsboro or Princeton, New Jersey. Princeton, uh, yeah, Princeton. Mm-hmm. And my old backyard, I used to I grew up down that way, so I love that area. But um, uh, and so since then, you went fully remote, or was your fully remote during COVID? Prior to COVID, um, and it started with Hurricane Sandy in 2012. Okay. I saw our server was underwater in 2012, and we quickly had to set up Gmail accounts, which were in the cloud, for our employees to communicate with our um, clients. And I realized, okay, this is going to keep happening. So in 2013, I put everything in the cloud, everything. And then I start with the team and I started training ourselves to work remotely two days a week, the same two days for everyone, and to work out the kinks. And then when COVID hit, I said, okay, flip the switch. It's going to be five days a week. And we just mm-hmm. rolled with it. It was not a blip on the screen. And in fact, I was saying to you earlier, 2020, after the reconfigurations that I did with the business, 2018, I figured out what to do at the end of 2018. 2019 was the experimentation. And just coincidentally, we rolled into 2020 and we were doing everything we needed to be doing the new way. And 2020 financially was our best year in years. Yeah, I love that. And and I think uh, 
I think a lot of agencies really did skyrocket 2020, 2021, uh, especially in the digital space, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys, so so you've told me previously that you have clients that you've had for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And to me, that means that you're doing something right because a lot of agencies are, their attrition rates are pretty high. Um, for whatever reason, they sign a contract. And I think it's the mindset that, and I think Blair Enz even talks about this, that once you sign a contract, your client is, is looking for a reason to find a new a new agency. <laughs> and and it's not all that untrue, but you hold on to them pretty well. So you stand out from competition really, really well. You've got an interesting pricing model. What are the things that you guys do that you think are so special that helps clients like really gel the relationships that you have with partnerships? That's a really good question. I think, I think one of the biggest things, and it's going to sound really simple, but it's right at the outset. So the first part of our work with a client is what we call discovery. And mm -hmm. we meet with them. We ask them questions about their business, not just their digital marketing, but their business. And we really ask questions that they'll tell us afterwards. Nobody ever asked us that. Mm -hmm. But we're really trying to look partly for what might people be look who are searching for them, potential clients or customers, what would they be using as search terms that maybe the client isn't thinking of because they're so into the business? But we're also using that meeting to set numeric goals. They're preliminary goals, but they're numeric. So clients that are already doing paid search, they know what their ROAS return on ad spend needs to be. They, they know what their cost per click thresholds need to be, et cetera. We want that information from them because what we do next is we audit what they're doing against what they said their goals were. So we come in and we take all of the information we've gathered. We assess the work that they've been doing. We get under the covers into their programs. So we get access into the programs and we look at, okay, this is what you said you wanted to do. This is what you're doing now. This is what the marketplace is looking for. Oh, by the way, here's what we can see your competitors doing. And here's how we close the gap. So by the time we go from discovery, which is information gathering, audits and assessments, phase three is media plans, um, strategies, and options for them to choose from based on the research and their goals. Once they say that looks good, success is, is pretty much guaranteed. And I don't want to sound like a car salesman or used car salesman, no offense to used car people. <laughs> but I, it's like, but you, you know, in our business, you don't want to say guarantee because that's, right. but the, the, the fact is success is baked in because once my experts have done the research and it's the experts doing the research, we know what it's going to take to close that gap. Once the client says yes, 100% yeah. of the time we, we succeed. And so we were just meeting with a larger company the other day. And I actually had to say, I know that this sounds crazy. And if I were sitting on your side of the table, I would find it hard to believe. And yet, in truth, I must tell you, success is baked in. Yeah. Right? No, I love that. Listen, I think there's an air of confidence that comes with that because you, you, you've got a process that is tried and true and it works. You've got a really talented team. So mm -hmm. to be able to boast that, I don't think is you know, inappropriate or you know, uh, flamboyant or anything. It's, we know we can get really good results for you. Yeah, but one of the things I learned as a business development person is it's a fine line walking between differentiating what you're doing and not yeah. sounding enough like everybody else that it sounds off. Yeah. You know, so yeah. most people won't say we guarantee, and I try not to say the G word, but <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I haven't seen us not hit those goals and then surpass them. We actually frequently wind up moving the goalpost 
because the client's got some benchmark in place and we're blowing past it, you know, yeah. month after month. And it's like, hey, guys, we're going to move the post for ourselves. Yeah, I love that. So you, so you do, you're responsible for biz dev for digital brand expressions. You do a lot of networking. Um, in that space, are you networking where other agencies are hanging out? Are you networking in certain vertical market spaces? Like, what's your kind of key to successful networking for agencies? I do a lot with other agency people. That's great for camaraderie. Um, but mm -hmm. I also network in other groups. I want to something, I think you're in there too, called the Connective, right? Yep. And Plug the Connective. Big fan. Yeah, it's a community of business development people from all different industries. Um, and what we all have in common is we like to give referrals. We like to help other people. And the fact that that particular program has incentives for closed referrals is awesome. But I think mm -hmm. most of us come to that with the spirit of, hey, I want to engage with people who are like me and how can I help them? Yeah. yeah so um, of that as well. And you're launching a Philly chapter. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I'm launching the Philly chapter of the Connective. The first meeting's on the 21st. And if anybody listening to this wants to find out more, I'd be happy to um, send them some info and chat. Yeah, I love that. I, I love the way it's expanding and the people that are expanding it, uh, mm -hmm. yourself included, are people that are like true networkers, true connect connectors, I should say, not even networkers, like true connectors mm -hmm. and just really great people people. People, people. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I love that. I will spread the word about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This will pro. This podcast will, recording will will hit the the apps after, after. Uh, Philly yeah. launches. But uh, is there a, a strict cadence? Is it like the third Tuesday or third Thursday or something? Be, the Philly chapter is going to be the second. The every other Tuesday, starting on the 21st, so then the next one's April 4th, etc. Okay. Then it's at noon Eastern time on Tuesdays. But honestly, the, there are so many chapters, and um, well, you know, sometimes folks will say, "Oh, I would do it, but Tuesday at noon's not good yeah. for me." It's like, hey, there are all these other chapters across the country, and what's really cool is they're virtual. So. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The Philly chapter is just named Philly because I live kind of close to Philly and New York was full. Otherwise, I would be New York <laughs> chapter too. You're not even in the same state as Philly. Uh, oh, yeah, you are. Actually, You're in Bucks County. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Yardley. I live in Yardley, but the office That's right. is over in Princeton. Yeah. 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 So since going remote, your team has embraced it. They love it. Obviously, they can work from wherever. What are some of the things that you do as a, as a leader, but as an agency to maintain culture, build on culture? You were telling me some pretty cool things earlier. What are, what are things that your team is really into uh, to maintain remote culture? Well, we have Skype on all day long. So when you come on, you say good morning to everybody. And then if you're going to be away for any length of time, you just let us know. So that there's some, and they've set up um, different Skype channels for different purposes, but there's a lot of silliness and trash talking and the kinds of things you do in an office, teasing each other. And, and that's really great. And then our office manager has done this amazing job with this virtual tool. Um, we call it Zoom Rotary. So every week we get together for Zoom Rotary and there's a, a tool that creates a virtual office space, like a cartoon. Mm -hmm. And then every week she comes up with a theme. So one week it might be your favorite pizza topping or what's your favorite product from Costco or, uh, you know, best favorite song from the 80s. And she comes, I don't know how she comes up with this stuff. 
and then what you do is you come into the zoom the space with your mic off and with an avatar that you've developed you to copy paste an image from somewhere that represents the theme and then everybody has to try to guess who's who and with all the different personalities it's just it's not easy you would think that we would know each other after all this time yeah. but you know we have people who stump us you know regularly it's it's fun it's that's fun. fun and then we and, stay and- on and we just talk with each other um you know for the rest of the time so once the big reveal happens um, right. we, we, and we try not to make it about business, although I'm probably the most guilty of saying, oh, yeah, by the way, here's something. <laughs> Everybody else is just talking like you would talk at the water cooler. And it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And the kids are like, what's a water cooler? Right. Um, do you loop your contractors into that? Are your contractors like part yeah, of the ongoing yeah, team? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah okay. because they're part of the team. Yeah, that's great. I mean, in some in some environments, I know agencies kind of keep contractors at arm's length and not necessarily part of the deep culture like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you guys are doing that. I think that's important. Um, you know, I think it makes the work better. It makes the results better. The clients see it. So, yeah. yeah. And it depends. I mean, it's also remember contractors have their own lives. So right. depending on how plugged in they are, you know, it's not mandatory. Yeah, you don't get to dictate what their schedules are. So, yeah. What about niching? You guys, you know, you said middle market, but not in any specific verticals, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. intentional? It's very intentional. Um, when I sold my first business to Princeton Partners and I was running their interactive division for several years for them, mm-hmm. one of the big takeaways I got from the leadership there was not to have vertical focus, but rather to keep a diverse portfolio. And I watched over the four years I was with them, how that that really served them well over and over and over again. And when I started this agency in Farmland, New Jersey, so many mm-hmm. people would say, oh, you should focus. You can make so much money. And I'm like, no, every sector has its ups and downs. And frankly, for the kind of work that we do, we're, we're channel focused. Yeah. We can see things happening or we can get insights from one industry that maybe haven't bubbled up in another industry. So we're always thinking, oh, that could work over here. And it gives our clients an advantage over their competitors. Yeah, I love that. Um, I struggled with niching for a lot of years and I used to joke, oh, I'm the only agency in New Jersey that's not in pharma. And we we did some very, very, very light pharma work, but nothing. We, we never chased it. Um, and I learned again, referencing Blair ends. I, I learned more about digging out, um, you know, he references the three-legged stool of verticals. So you're not just in one niche, but can you be in three or four niches, things like that. Um, so we, we did that towards probably the second half of, uh, owning the agency. But, um, I think, I think being across a lot of, uh, verticals, so you can borrow from one into another, um, share ideas between verticals, I think makes a ton of sense also. Yeah, part of what I did when I made those big changes is I reluctantly at first agreed with myself that we were going to have a very concrete process that mm-hmm. we would know where we could be flexible. But basically, every client goes through the same process the same yeah. way. And and at the beginning, it killed me because it wasn't creative. I mean, it just it was we're going to we know these channels so well. We know the mechanisms. We know how they work. That's what you come to us for. If you need search and social to really perform, and our results are superlative. I mean, every single time we take on a paid search client, whether an in-house team or an external team agency are managing it, 
100% of the time, we make significant changes mm -hmm. to the performance. We do that because we focus on the channel. So, you know, a lot of times clients will want branding work. No, we'll, we'll team you up with a strategic partner that rocks that. Yep. You know, that's not us. And, you know, a lot of times I'll say, you know, as I get to know the client a little better and I can be more casual, I'll say, we're not the pretty pictures agency. That, that's right. not us. We're the numbers agency. And I'm not a numbers person, so that cracks me <laughs> up. I, I don't know how I got here, but I have an awesome team that's taken the ride with me. I love it. I love I love this story that you've built um, and, and the path that you've, you're on and, and the direction, the, the sharp turn that you took, in, in, you know, five years ago. So, um so I want to switch gears real quick and just do a, a couple of real quick uh, rapid fire questions, not related to the agency. Um, but what is a podcast or a book or a show that you're, you're like super into and can't wait to get off the clock to jump back into? It has nothing to do with marketing. I love Oprah Super Soul. I love Super Soul Sunday. It really, it really just lifts my spirit. I love listening to all the really super smart people that she can bring on to those podcasts and have significant conversations. And I 100% of the time learn something and apply it from those. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Uh, what's a tool that you're into that you've recently adopted that's making your life easier, either professionally or personally? Well, okay, personally, I just have to look at it because I just downloaded it and started using it last week. It's called Cook List, and you Ooh. enter what's in your pantry, and then it has alternate ways to sort. So if you want to make something, it tells you you already have all of this in your pantry, or you're saying, I don't know what to make tonight. Tell me what I can make, and it'll come Ooh. back with recipes, and you can filter further. You can say, okay, these are gorgeous, but you know what? I want to stick to a 300-calorie dinner. Boom, it resorts it. I just want to use chicken. Boom, it sorts it again. It's, it's really powerful. Love that. I might have to check that out, too, because yeah, I hate fun. figuring out what's for dinner. Yeah. Well, Nikki, I am so thankful for your time. Thank you for joining me and spending time with me and sharing some of your secret sauce with whoever's listening. So thank you very much. Thanks so much. It's always fun to talk with you, Steve. Thanks. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will, too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.